Amen. I'll be reading from Numbers chapter 25. Numbers chapter 25, and we'll begin reading in verse 16. When you have it, say amen. And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianitish woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. And he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. Those that died in the plague were twenty and four thousand. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, hath turned my wrath away from the children of Israel while he was zealous for my sake among them that I consume not the children of Israel in my jealousy. Wherefore say, Behold, I give unto him my covenant of peace, and he shall have it and his seed after him, even the covenant of an everlasting priesthood, because he was zealous for his God and made an atonement for the children of Israel. I want to talk to you from this subject tonight, the power of a made-up mind. The power of a made-up mind. If you would, close your Bibles and throw your hands to the heavens and open up your mouth and pray that God would continue to work and to move in a mighty way. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you, God, for what you've done in this place and what you're about to do. I pray, God, that you would work, that you would move, that you would heal, deliver and set free. Let the captive be delivered tonight. Let those that are bound be filled with the Holy Ghost tonight. I bind every cancer cell in the name of Jesus. I speak to every mountain, to every wall, that it be removed by the power, by the authority of that name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Ask your neighbor as you're seated, say, neighbor, is your mind made up? Is your mind made up? There was a true story that came out some years ago of a man who lives in the southern part of Florida. This man was in business for himself, cleaning all sorts of commercial buildings of different sizes and types. One day this gentleman arrived home. The story, when I read it, it seemed hard to believe, but a true story. When he arrived home, there met him a man in his driveway by the name... Mr. Craig Mack. Mr. Mack approached Mr. Perez and attempted to rob him of everything that he had. Needless to say, the fight was on. And as they began to fight, Mr. Perez began to call for help. And out of the house came his wife who joined in the fight and she began hitting Mr. Mack with her fist. Then the 13-year-old daughter, she ran out of the house and she picked up a chair in the yard and she began hitting Mr. Mack with everything that she had. Then the 10-year-old boy saw that daddy and mama was in trouble and he found a stick in the yard and he joined in the fight as well. 
The story said that whenever the police arrived, they found Mr. Mack bloody, bruised, and hogtied with Mr. Perez and his family sitting on top of him. As the police gave the report, they said before they could book Mr. Mack in the jail, they had to make a pit stop by the hospital so that Mr. Mack could be treated for his wounds and his scars. The moral of the story is this, Mr. Mack picked the wrong house to try to rob that day. Tonight I come to this pulpit with one thing on my mind and that is to call some people out of the house. I came tonight to let you know there's a fight going on. There's a battle going on and if there's ever a day, if there's ever an hour to get in the fight, it's right now. It's right now. John tells us in the word of God that the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He lets us know that there is an enemy out there that has one thing on his mind and that is to rob you of everything and anything that the Lord has ever given you or promised you. Come on. We have an enemy that's trying to rob us of our convictions. We have an enemy that's trying to rob us of our faith. We have an enemy that's trying to rob us of our worship and our praise. But I came tonight with some declaration in my mouth and in my hands to hand over to the enemy to let him know he's picked the wrong house. He's picked the wrong family. He's picked the wrong people. Tonight we're going to heed to the call of battle. And we're going to get in the fight. we got to quit waiting for the right song to be sung and the right preacher to preach and the right moment to happen before we decide to get in the fight. Come on. We've got to quit. We've got to quit waiting on the right person to shake our hand and give us a word from the Lord before we finally decide to get in the fight. Let me give you some, some advice here. The, the, the devil is not scared of a people who decides to sit there and never participate or get in the spirit. The devil's not worried about the men or the women that come to the house of God and just sit there and they never get involved. They never get no joy. They never get any peace. They never get any happiness. But the person that the devil's scared of is the man or the woman who decides to rise up above their pain. To rise up above the affliction and say, you know what, my mind is made up. I will get back everything that the Lord has ever stole from me, that the Lord, the devil has ever taken from me. I'm going to take it all back. And tonight is my night. The Bible says that the children of God were under a plague because of their disobedience. They began doing things that God told them not to do and we could name the things all night and all day long, but we won't get into that. And because of their disobedience, the Bible said that the Lord had sent a plague. In that plague, they had lost 24,000 people. Not just one member. Not just a couple of members. They had lost 24,000 people. And in the midst of a prayer meeting going on, the Bible says Moses and the congregation of Israel, they were weeping before the tabernacle and they were praying and seeking God for some help, for some relief. And in the midst of their prayer, this Israelite has the audacity to walk in the camp. The Bible says with this Midianitish woman on his arm. And if there was ever one thing that the Bible says about the Midianites, it was to stay away from them. 
Leave them alone. Don't have anything to do with them. You see, there are certain people, if you allow yourself to stay around them long enough, they'll rob you from everything that the Lord wants to give you. If you stay around negative people long enough, that chooses to never rise up and they're always defeated and everything that comes out of their mouth is something negative and they're talking about their problems all the time. If you're not careful, they'll rob you of everything that God has ever wanted you to have or given you. So this man brings this Midianitish woman in the camp. They had already lost 24,000 people, the Bible says. And he just sashays in the camp with this Midianitish woman on his arm. Shows her off to everybody in the camp. But there was one man by the name of Phineas that said, uh-uh. Said, I'm going to draw a line after tonight and I'm going to say enough is enough. We're not going to lose no more. We're not going to go back anymore. We're not going to fall to the side anymore. I'm going to draw a line in the sand. And the Bible said that this man by the name of Phineas went after the man of Israel and went after the woman and to their tent and killed both of them. Let me tell you something. What some of us need to do is quit playing patty cake with the enemy. We need to quit sitting there giving the devil day after day to wreak havoc in our life. Say, so, you know what? I'm going to wait till next Sunday to go overcome this. I'm going to wait till next month to rise up above this. No, you've got to say, I've lost enough. I've been through enough. Enough is enough. And today, my mind is going to be made up and I'm going to take a stand. The Bible said, because one man by the name of Phineas had his mind made up. And he killed the man of Israel. And he killed the Midianitish woman. It began to get God's attention. The Bible said that the plague was stayed. It was taken off of the children of Israel. Because one man was jealous for his God. He loved his God unconditionally. And he had enough. There's some of you God's waiting on you to rise up in your spirit. And to point your finger in the enemy's face. And say enough is enough. I'm not going to think about it any longer. I'm not going to sit there and let you do the same thing you've been doing any longer. I'm going to rise up above this and I will be healed. I will be delivered. I will be set free. It's the made up mind. Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You live it whenever you come to church, but whenever you get outside the church house, something else takes place. You speak positive when the right song's being sung, but whenever all hell breaks loose in your life, you start speaking negative into the situation. There's a double mind going on there. But whenever a man or a woman has their mind made up to go all the way with Jesus... When a man or a woman has their mind made up to be healed, let me tell you something, there's nothing that can control them. When a man or a woman has their mind made up to give God the sacrifice of praise in spite of what they're going through, they may not have hardly a penny in the bank, they may not have a card of their name, but their mind's made up that I'm going to live in faith day by day. I'm going to point my finger in the enemy's face day by day and take back everything that the Lord, that the devil, I keep getting that backwards, that the devil has ever stole from us. There was a woman in a church in Charleston, South Carolina. I was preaching and she got up out of her pew in the middle of my message and she began to walk towards me. And as she walked towards me, she, uh, she stopped me. And right in, in mid-message, that just scared me to death, really. I didn't know what she was about to do. 
And she stopped me right there. And finally I said, yes, ma'am. I said, how could I help you? What's, what's the problem? What's going on? She said, something woke me up this morning. She said, I'm dying. She said, I have an illness in my body. But something woke me up this morning and told me to get to the house of God for my miracle was going to be here waiting on me. And all of a sudden when she said that, I felt faith come in the room. I felt a change in the spirit coming in that church in Charleston. And all, whenever she began to speak that, I said, ma'am, what's your problem? She said, I went to the doctor just a couple of weeks ago. And the doctor said that I had multiple brain tumors on my brain that is cancerous. And they've only given me just a couple of months to live. I go back next week. They're going to run more tests and see if there's anything that they might could do to prolong the cancer. She said, but I have my mind made up today that I know a God that could turn this situation around. When she began to speak that, we laid hands on her. Pastor, I agree with you. It has nothing to do with Lance Stockman. It's all just a willing vessel for God to work through. But we laid hands on her and according to her faith, she lifted up her hands. We began to pray for her. She began to speak with other tongues. The Lord filled her with the Holy Ghost. She went to the doctor that following week. The doctors ran tests on her, said, ma'am, I don't know what to tell you. They said, we've got the old results right here and we've got the new results right here. We can't find one brain tumor on your brain anywhere. I tell you what it is, it's a woman that had a mind made up to get something from the Lord. It's a woman that had her mind made up to be healed that day. I'm here to tell you that same Jesus that healed that woman then is here tonight. That same God that delivered that day is here today and he's ready to heal you and deliver you if you'll let him. I found the problem with today's world why God can't move is because we prevent him from moving. I'm amazed at how many churches today there's always bickering and fighting amongst themselves. I was preaching in an area in North Louisiana some years back, and it was a country area. There's probably 15 churches within a five-mile radius. They all go to the same restaurant to eat, and we went there to eat, and I saw people I knew, and I went over there and started shaking people's hands and visiting with people and everything. And one of the preachers asked me, he said, do you know who you're shaking hands with? I said, yes. I said, I know them. I said, I preach for that church. Well, uh, you can't preach for me if you preach for him said, uh, we're going to close revival tonight if, if you think you're going to mingle with those folks. And I said, well, aren't we all supposed to be going to the same kind of heaven? And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, the reason why I can't bring revival in their churches is because they're too busy bickering and fighting amongst themselves. He said, if they could get their mind made up and come together as a body in one mind and one accord, he said, I'll begin to do great exploits among them. I'll bring the miracles that they've been praying for me to do. I'll begin to save the lost like I promised that I would do for them. But they're too busy fighting amongst themselves. Let me tell you something. If you're not careful, you will let the enemy come into your home and into your lives and cause division amongst the body. But I'm here to tell you if you will draw a line in the sand and say, uh-uh, I'm not going to put up with that. 
I know somebody may have offended me. Somebody may have said this. Somebody may have done this. But I'm not going to feed into it because that's exactly what the devil has planned to do. I'm going to put an end to it today because I know there's a greater revival in my home. There's a greater revival in my family. And I won't feed into the negativity in our lives. You have to have your mind made up. You know why some people, they're always bound and they're always addicted? It's because they have their mind made up that that's the only way it's ever going to be. You know why some people can never get healed? Because they're always speaking death over their life. You know why some people never get joy? Because they choose not to live in joy. You know why some people's always having strife and anger? Because they always choose to live in strife and anger. You know why some people can't dance and they laugh at everybody else dancing and worshiping? Because they choose in their mind that they're never going to get anything more than that. It's just their mindset's just set off. But whenever they decide to have their mind made up to go all the way, when they have their mind made up and they have their eyes set on the prize and the high calling, the mark of Jesus, there's nothing that could stop them and separate them from being healed. There's nothing. You have to get this mind under subjection. You have to walk into your home though all hell and chaos is breaking loose in your marriage and in your children's life. And you have to learn how to speak something positive into it. You have to walk in and say, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, this is my home. This is my family. This is my marriage. These are my children. And I will have them in the name of Jesus Christ. The devil will not win. You have to have your mind made up. Mind made up. The Lord will allow you to go through things in your life to really see what you're made up of. He'll, he'll allow you to go through some trials. He'll allow you to go through some tests. He'll allow you to go through some misunderstandings. I was going down a country road in Faraday, Louisiana. So I was going down this road. I happened up upon a wreck. There was a wreck. It went down... The guy missed the curve, went down in a ditch, and hit a tree head on. When he hit the tree head on, he had two little kids in the vehicle with him. They were all dead upon impact, but one little boy. The medics and the first responders came. They began to cut open the vehicle, and they began to pull the man out, and they began to pull the little girl out. It was a horrible situation. And as they began to cut the vehicle open even more, I heard a little voice screamed from inside of the vehicle and it was a little boy that was smashed in between two pieces of the vehicle and as they began to pull him out he began to black out because the pain was so severe as they every time they would touch him he would black out and then he would come to he would black out and then he would come to and finally they got the little boy out of the vehicle and whenever they did the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, I'm about to do something to turn this situation around. They hauled him to the hospital there in Faraday, Louisiana, and I walked in the room. I felt the Holy Ghost so strong. The little boy was out of it. He was dead. When we walked in the room and we laid hands on him and we began to speak to that dead body, the baby shook. When the baby shook, his eyes began to open up. And as his eyes began to open up, he looked over at his mama.
And his mama began to wipe the tears out of her eyes. And the Holy Ghost said to me, I finished it. I've done it. They wheeled the little boy back in the room of the hospital, began to run tests on him. And as they ran tests on him, they found out that there was not anything wrong with the little boy, but just a few cuts and bruises. Let me tell you what God's waiting on is a people to realize that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The Bible says that you're going to receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Not the kind of power to sit by the wayside and let death and all hell break loose in your life. But he gave you power to rise up above your circumstance, to rise up above your pain, to rise up above your dilemma and speak directly to it. And according to the word of God, something has to happen. Something has to change. It was a pastor friend of mine. He was sitting in a store. As he was sitting there, his wife was shopping and he was sitting there very quietly and didn't have a whole lot to say. He was looking at a magazine and there was a woman who came in and he noticed her shopping there. And as he moved to get another magazine, the woman screamed out loud. He said, ma'am, what is your problem? She said, you sat still for so long and you were so quiet. She said, I thought you were a dummy instead of a mannequin, you know. And he said, the Holy Ghost dealt with me and said, you know what? If we sit still long enough and we never be who we're supposed to be and we never take a stand for the things we're supposed to take a stand for, we never speak to the things that need to be moved and we never make a declaration on the things that God wants us to make a declaration of he said this world will look at us and think we're nothing but a bunch of dummies but whenever we rise up above it and we draw a line in the sand that's what puts the devil on the run that's what begins to change the atmosphere around us and things begin to move out of our way but your mind has to be made up let's all stand in this place There was, <clears throat> there was a woman who came in our church, Lake Charles, Louisiana, years ago. She, she didn't believe this gospel. She didn't believe the power of the Holy Ghost. She didn't believe in it at all. When she came in the house of God, the Holy Ghost fell on her, her first service that she was there. When the Holy Ghost fell on her, she began to worship and she began to praise God from the back of the building all the way to the front of the building. And as she began to worship and she began to praise God, she, she made up in her mind to live for God from that day forward. She chose to live in the miracles and in the blessings of God every day of her life. <clears throat> there was somebody in the church who went up to her and they, they asked her, they said, uh, Sister so-and-so, why do you worship and praise God like you do? Why do you act crazy like you act? And she said, you see, if you knew where the Lord brought me from, she said, if you knew the things that the Lord did for my body, how He healed me when nobody else was there to heal me, how He gave me a car and He gave me a home now, she said, I had my mind made up a long time ago. 
that I was going to go all the way with Jesus. You see, you've got to get your mind made up. God didn't call you to look like you just stepped out of a GQ magazine. God didn't call you to look like you're trying to make a fashion statement. God didn't call you to look prim and proper. God called you to heed to the call of battle. God called you to rise up and to be something and to be, not just talk about it. But God called you to be effective for the kingdom and the glory of God. I believe it's God's will tonight for everybody in this place to be healed. I believe it's God's will tonight for you to be delivered from whatever has you bound. I believe it's God's will tonight for you to have joy, for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But you have to have your mind made up. There's a comfort zone that every man and woman we we love. There's a comfort zone. We don't want anybody in that comfort zone and we don't like to get out of the comfort zone. But I'm here to tell you tonight, if you'll do something just outside of your little normal spiritual routine, if you'll get out of your pew just a little bit and you'll decide in your mind, you know what? I'm going all the way with Him. If you'll say to yourself, I'm not going to be healed between the pews. I'm not going to be delivered between the pews. But if you'll heed to the call of battle tonight and get out of your comfort zone and say, tonight I'm going to make a stand. Tonight I'm going to get what the Lord has in store for me. Tonight I'm going to leave here healed. Thank you, brother. Tonight I'm going to leave here delivered and set free. It's the comfort zone, you see. If you're in this place and you have your mind made up to get something from the Lord, if you have your mind made up that you're going to live in the miraculous, that you're going to live healed, delivered, and set free, if you have your mind made up that you're going to win, if your mind's made up, I want every man and woman in this place under the sound of my voice to come out of your pew. And to come stand around this altar right now. Right now. Right now. If you're content, then stay where you're at. If you want to be defeated, stay where you're at. If you don't want to be delivered, stay where you're at. Come on, I know this is boldness and kind of raw, but it is what it is. If you want your family to die lost, stay where you're at. Stay where you're at. But if you want something from the Lord tonight, if you're ready to declare war on the enemy tonight, you ought to come out of your pew and begin to speak to the mountain. You ought to get a javelin in your hand in the spirit tonight and go after the enemy. Say, I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. I'm taking my health back. I'm taking my strength back. I'm taking joy back. In the name of Jesus.